Hello, this is Pastor Matthew. I just want to take a moment personally to say thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. Our mission is to impact the valley and bless the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We encourage you to go check out our website at crosslinkva.com. By doing so, you can learn all about the ministries of Crosslink and how we're involved in the community. Please know we're praying for you. God bless you. Well, thank you, Pastor Matthew. It's good to be back with you here at Crosslink. You have a Bible, hope you do. Find Ephesians chapter three. Gonna look at two verses there, two verses that have become very special in my life. Hebrews, I mean, not Hebrews, Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Ephesians chapter three, 20, 21. Now I noticed on the way in, obviously, uh, there was the Alabama, University of Alabama cupcakes there. Today is Pastor Matthew's 40th birthday, you know I mean? I, tell, I just cannot get over that, isn't that amazing? Don't you love your pastor? And Heather and their family, what a beautiful family. And uh, you, know, you know, I tell you, Pastor, it could turn out that Alabama and JMU are gonna be playing in the women's softball championship. So I'm just curious, we might need to get some purple and gold cupcakes out there, I'm just saying, but anyway, it's not my birthday, but anyway. Um, man, uh, it is good to be with you all, and I do, uh, really, I tell you, I do just give thanks to God for what he's done in this church. I'm thankful for the Lord. Um, Really what he's done through the years, it is amazing to be back, uh, true. I remember walking in this when this was just kind of a shell of a facility and just uh, walls really weren't finished or anything. Amazing to hear, to see, to just know what God is doing in your midst. So thankful for um, the leadership that you all have. So thankful for you all, for your partnership in the gospel um, because of what churches like Crosslink do, uh, this church in particular. Uh, one thing for me, as a person who did spend some very fundamental years of his life here, who did meet his his wife here as a student at JMU. I'm just so thankful. I was telling pastor that, you know, I'm just so thankful that there is a church as vibrant, as God-centered, as Christ-focused, as, as Bible-oriented, as Crosslink in this community because uh, it is, you're in such a strategic community. I mean, you think about the folks that, that God is gonna bring here, the people that will come really from all around the world. Maybe it's to get an education. Uh, maybe it's to work at, at one of the poultry plants. Maybe it's to work in agriculture. I know it was true, Matthew, back when I was in college, but Rockingham County was the largest agricultural producing uh, county in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So God's put you all in a very strategic place, very strategic location. So it's so, so important for you to be on mission for God. But I'm thankful for your partnership in the gospel as your work with the SBCV, of which Pastor has been and continues to be such a vibrant part of our leadership. Um, we're able to do disaster relief work, missionaries, church planning, revitalization, you name it. But most of all, remember this, the key is what God is doing in your life in and through you. And that's why I want to take you today to this text, Ephesians 3, 20, 21, because the whole point here is three words that I want to really get re-ingrained in our lives. And I don't think they're new words to many of you, because I know you've had your Greater Things campaign. We've just been singing these words, and here they are. God is able. Would you just say that with me? God is able. Because, you know, the reality is this. Maybe it's as a husband, really for me, even as a dad, I recognize that, well, I can't I can't be everywhere, for instance, that my kids are. I can't know everything that's going on in my own family's lives all the time. I, I, I'm not all-knowing. I'm not omnipotent like God is. I'm not omniscient like God is. I'm not omnipresent like God is. I'm not omni-anything. 
In fact, when I think about my children, and my oldest daughter now, she, she's a nurse in Richmond. She's worked COVID this year. She works on a, uh, with a lot of hospice patients. She works with a lot of critically ill cancer patients. Jennifer and I are blessed with three children. I think about our son, who's now 19. He's 6'7". 19, plays college volleyball. He's a pre-med student in South Carolina. And then our youngest daughter, man, she's going to be starting high school this next fall, Pastor. Hard, hard to just imagine how the time has just flown by. Look at your precious family. It's amazing to see what, uh, what God has been up to with you and Heather and how your, 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 your children are growing up too. And, but you know, the reality is this, Matthew. We know as, as dads, we, 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 we can wrestle with, 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 with what's going on, even with our own families. I think it is personal as that. And I tell you, I do something on my phone. I have this Find My iPhone app on here. You, you probably have it too if you have an iPhone. And what I do is, man, I, I track my kids, Matthew, I do. I don't know if your daddy tracks y'all. Man, I track, I track my kids. I'll be, I'll, I'll be tracking them and my kids will be like, Dad, are you tracking us right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably tracking you right now. I'm like, what is Mark doing down there in downtown Greenville, South Carolina at this time of night? I mean, what is going on? I mean, why? Because you know what, man, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to know what's going on in their lives. And here's the thing is I have to confess and admit, listen, I'm not able to be everything I would love to maybe be to my kids. I'm not all-knowing. I'm not omnipresent. I'm not all-powerful. There are things, and they know this way beyond my control, that they'll need to have addressed in their lives. And the greatest, of course, is our salvation. I mean, we need God. We need God in our lives to transform the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we act. I mean, I can't save myself. We know that, right? Well, here's the reality. Why, why is it that we sometimes can still struggle so much with this, that basic theological concept that God is what, church? God is able. So I want, you to, I want us to get that today. I want you to walk away with that. So look with me at these two verses. Last two verses of Ephesians chapter three. And I've kind of claimed these as my, as my life verses. Here they are. Now to him. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Now to him who is able. God is able. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray right now, the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, O Lord God. You are my rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So that's the point of today. God is able. Reminds me of a little story I read about a little boy. He'd gone to children's church like parents usually do. You get back in the car, you're headed home. Mom turned around and said, son, what'd you learn today in children's church? He said, well, mom, the teacher taught us about when Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. She said, well, tell me about that. What did you learn about that? He said, well, what I learned was this, was, was Moses, uh, as a paratrooper, uh, parachuted back in behind enemy lines. And then what he did is he worked with the uh, Green Berets and he began to gather up the Israelites and began to lead them out with a tank convoy as they began to make their way towards the Red Sea. And what he did is he called in the Corps of Army Engineers and they built a pontoon bridge over the Red Sea, and about that time, as the Egyptians were coming down upon him in their chariots, he radioed, and some dive bombers came in and blew him to bits. She looked at him. She said, "What on earth did they been, have they been teaching you in children's church?" He said, "Mom, listen. If I told you what they actually taught us, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, the reality is this. Listen, you and I, we read these stories in the Bible. We read about what God did in the lives of the Israelites, and we just kind of." Thumb through it. Oh, that was my Bible reading for today. Like, like it's no big deal. 
Loved ones, I want you to know this stuff really happened. And you and I, we need to believe that our God is what? Able. A survey found that 95% of Americans believe in God or some type of universal force, but only 67% define God as the all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe who rules the world today. You and I, we want to be in that 67%. So I'm going to give you three declarations of praise that I take from these two verses of the Bible. Here's the first one. God is able, God is able to do abundantly more. Now what I want you to look at is how he just starts off his, his, his words of praise for God here. Look at how they build with me. They, they build, I call this a progressive pyramid of praise that Paul gives. Here it is, now to him. Well, it's as if that's not enough. Now to him who is able, oh, more than that. Now to him who is able to do, oh, more than that. Now to him who's able to do far, more. Oh, more than that, church. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly. Oh, more than that. Able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask. Oh, that's not quite enough. More than we could ask or even think. You see how he builds there in that praise? His point is this. He wants us to know that God is able to do abundantly more. I mean, today I want you to get it down that our God is able. Let me give you a list of some ways he's able to work in our lives. Number one, there's no problem that God can't solve. Oh, number two, there's no promise that God can't keep. Numbers 23, 19, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Oh, God keeps his promises. There's no, there's no problem, there's no promise, there's no pain God can't comfort. Now, I'm careful with this one because, because I know people go through real suffering and real pain. And when you're going through pain and suffering, it may not be at that moment that you're wanting to hear a sermon, all right? I mean, I think Job's friends did way too much talking <laughs> and, not adjust, and not enough just kind of sitting there with him and praying for him and encouraging him. But I want you to know God, God tells us that there's no pain God can't comfort. Jeremiah made this one of his prayers in, in his Lamentations in the Old Testament. Lamentations chapter three, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Pastor Matthew, I know you know Pastor Kelly Burris who pastors in Virginia Beach. He's been a mentor in my life and I remember that he had a, he had a grandson who was uh, a month older than my son. And so we were real, real close with this family. And, uh, and, and his daughter-in-law got, got word about a month before she was to deliver that, um, that the baby had died in her womb. And so she, she went ahead and, and carried the baby to them. It was time to deliver. And sure enough, baby was born. They were able to hold him, but, but he passed away. My wife and I, my wife at this point was eight, eight, eight and a half months pregnant. We go down to the funeral, but I asked, I asked my, my dear brother afterwards, pastor who's this child's grandfather, I said, Brother Kelly, how, 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 how do you deal with this? How do, you, how, do you, how do you get up and then preach a sermon at a funeral? And he said something. I've never forgotten this, Pastor Matthew. He's told me this. He said, Brian, he said, God never wastes his grace, and his grace is always sufficient. He says, I can't really explain it to you. All I can tell you is each morning we're getting up and we're trusting God's mercies each morning and we're asking him to get us through it. 
It was not much more complicated than that. He just kind of told me that. He wasn't being fancy about it. He wasn't even going to mention it if I hadn't asked him. And he shared it with me much like a father would speak with a son. Lord, loved ones, I want you to know there, there, there's no pain God can't comfort. And you may be going through something much worse than anything I've ever experienced. Next, I just want you to know this. There's no prayer God can't answer. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you've not known. Oh, God can answer our prayers. There's no place God can't revive. I think there's a lot of us right now have said, you know what? I used to pray for America. I used to pray for Virginia. I was praying for the president. I'm not gonna do that anymore. What's the use? Well, loved ones, I want you to know, God, God can still bring revival. God, God is doing a great, in fact, I was told this past week some of the most amazing stories about where God is at work. And you know what? They're in places like Latin America where they don't even have a democratic, uh, uh, a lot of times, governments. It's in places like Africa where they don't have anywhere near the uh, accommodations and luxuries that we enjoy. They're in places like communist China. You see, God is able God's able to bring revival. He's able to bring spiritual awakening. I want you to know, listen, if when, you drive, when you drive by JMU, I'm gonna ask you, when was the last time instead of when you drove up Main Street and you saw that horde of crowd of kids trying to get across Main Street and stop in traffic, this and that? At least that's the way it used to be. We just walked across Main Street like we owned the place. And instead of sitting there cussing them or, 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 or fretting over them or wishing they weren't there, when was the last time we just stopped them as we drove by that campus? We said, oh God, there's 15 plus thousand young people here. God, I just want to pray for your work in their lives. You think about the nations you have represented within just five miles of this church campus. And I'm just using that as one example. You drive by the high schools praying for what God is doing in the lives of those students. You drive by the poultry plant praying for those that have come there just trying to make a, a decent wage and working a job, praying for them. Oh, I want you to know, listen, there's no place God can't revive and there's no person God can't save. Don't miss that one either. There's no problem God can't solve. There's no promise God can't keep. There's no pain God can't comfort. There's no prayer God can't answer. There's no place God can't revive. There's no person God can't save. Isaiah 59, 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. My dad's dad, my grandfather, got saved when he was 70-some years old. Loved ones, I want you to know, God is... God is able. Came across a little illustration, did some research on this about, about how able our God is, how our God is, is able to do abundantly more. It goes back to that story when the Israelites were, were, were coming out of that bondage in Egypt. And, and I did a little research on this. This would have been about three to three and a half million people, okay, came out in that exodus. The Bible says that they crossed the Red Sea in one night. Now, if they had crossed in columns of two, just picture this. You've probably seen the picture of it, all right? I mean, just picture this. If they crossed in columns of two, usually when you see the Red Sea parted, it's, it's, it's parted at a certain distance. If they, had, if they were going to cross in columns of two, it would have formed a line 800 miles long, and that would have actually taken 35 days and nights to cross, To get across in one night, they were going to have to line up 5,000 people wide. That means that God was going to open a path in the Red Sea that wasn't that wide, but was actually three miles wide. It was going to require 1,500 tons of food per day to keep them from starving, 4,000 tons of wood for cooking per day. That would take two freight trains, each one mile long, to haul in the daily food supply today. 
At today's prices, that would be $4 million a day to feed them. 11 million gallons of water a day for bare necessities. If you figure one quail per family of five, that's 750 quail every morning God was going to have to provide and million, a million gallons of manna falling on the ground every single morning. Can you say with me, God is able. Oh, he's able to do abundantly more than we ask or think. But here, I want, I want to make it more than just a theological confession. I want it to be real personal for us. Number two, God is able to do abundantly more in my life. He's able to do more in your life, in our lives. Where do I get that? Just look, look back at, his, at, at, these praise, at this praise verse here. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, then look at the end of verse 20. According to the power at work within us, the power he's talking about there is what, the, is what the Bible reveals to us is the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is ready to powerfully work in my life, in your life. As followers of Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit in your life. The question isn't how much of the Holy Spirit have you received? The question is how much of you have you given unto the Holy Spirit? You see, when you come to faith in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit right then and there. But I'm telling you, every single day when I get up, it's a question about whether or not I'm going to empty myself and surrender myself and yield myself and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and walk in his ways. You may have a different background. You may have come from a different faith tradition, all of that. My wife was raised Catholic, was confirmed, baptized Catholic, confirmed Catholic, involved as a Catholic. But in her life, in her life, bottom line is this. She never come to the point where she'd ever had anyone really explain to her, it's not just about your religion. It's not just about your heritage. It's not just about your denomination. It's about your relationship with the living God. And how that happens is you put your faith and your trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you in all of his power and for his glory. And then he puts his Holy Spirit within you to fill you and help you walk in new life. Oh, loved ones, I want you to know God is able to do abundantly more in our lives. I'll illustrate it for you like this. I, 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 I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World or not, but I've, I've been a couple times, and, and, and Disney World is quite an experience, all right? In, fa in fact, I have to give them credit. Um, really, truthfully, I, won't, I don't know that I would go as far as say it's the, it's, the, it's the happiest place on earth or the most magical place on earth, but I tell you what, they do what they can to try to make it as good of experience as possible, all right? Because a lot of times when we've gone, we've gone in the middle of summer, and it's crowded, it's hot, it's humid, and we took our kids with us too. I mean, why else would you go, right? And so we're there, and I have to say, we've been there one time on a birthday, and man, these folks, they would just pull out the stops. They just do everything they can, and part of it is their training. You see, you see, you see Disney, Disney team members, they call them cast members. I don't care if you're making snow cones or if you're, if you're one of the uh, Broadway singers they have. Bottom line is this, is your job is to make sure folks have a great experience. A former Disney executive, Doug Lipp, was one of the ones that would, would do training for their new cast members. And he wrote about this in his book, Disney U, short for Disney University. And, 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 the, and the title of, the, of, the, of his, of his uh, training was, Snow White Never Has a Bad Day. Snow White Never Has a Bad Day.
And he, and he uses the illustration. He says, now, cast members, what I want you to picture is this. is a family of four has, has, has taken a second mortgage out of their house and have come across country just so they can buy tickets for four and have a seven-day vacation at our Disney World. And, and they arrive and they have to park way out there in the parking lot. They then, they then get in line for the, for the uh, tram ride that brings them over to the monorail. Then they get in the line for the monorail. They get on the monorail. They ride the monorail up to the front gate. They get in line again. They finally make it their way through the front gates and security and all that. They're there now on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom and right there in the midst of all the crowd, the parents have just bought their first overpriced cup of coffee of the day to try to help themselves through it and there they are. Their son and daughter tugging them on already but they've seen, they've seen one of the characters they've always wanted to meet. There she is, Snow White. And they say, Mom and Dad, can we go over and can we say hello to Snow White? They say, sure, go over and say hello to Snow White. And, and they watch their children run over to Snow White. She has her back turned to them and they pull, they pull on her cape excitedly and expectantly and all of a sudden then Snow White whips around. Her wig is halfway off of her head. She looks like she hasn't shaved for days. She's got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. And she scowls and growls at the boy and girl and she says, what do you kids want? Can't you tell I'm on break? Go bother somebody else. And he says, now you just imagine how those children are gonna be scarred and you imagine the horror that those parents have just experienced. He said, here's the deal, folks. Snow White can't have a bad day. So listen, if you can't make it, you gotta fake it. But here's the deal when it comes to us as Christians. The world doesn't need any more fake Christians. You don't need to fake it. You need to be filled. And that's how you get through. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in Acts 1.8. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You know what? You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work within this church. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to be at work in your lives for you to be on mission, for you to accomplish the vision God has given you, for you to indeed uh, impact the valley and bless the, na uh, bless the nations as, 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 as your mission. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to empower you and to strengthen you and to, and to make you his witnesses. I mean, it is amazing to sit and, and look and see what God is doing in your midst. I mean, man, like I was saying, I mean, when I was at, when I was at JMU, I, I, I dreamt of a church like this being here so close by campus. I mean, it's amazing to see just in the, in the time that I've known y'all in the past few years as a church to see how God has blessed and how he's grown. I mean, I mean, such friendly folks. We come in, beautiful place to worship, nice location, right? Very easy to get to. I mean, like I said, friendly people, phenomenal singing and worship. If y'all could just figure out the preaching part, man, amazing what God might do. <laughs> no, I love your pastor, by the way. The only thing that irks me about him is he's such a good singer. That's not fair. That's just not fair, pastor. No, I tell you, God is at work, but I tell you, what I know about your pastor is, what, is what's been so clear to me today, and that is this. This church is believing that God is the one who's doing this. God is able. That's why we're praying during this sabbatical time for just God to powerfully and renewed, in a renewed way, in a reviving way, pastor, just to strengthen you and to, and to give you that, that, that vision that God's already given you, but to, but, but to bring you back and, 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 and to allow you just to lead with even new and fresh energy. And you're already very energetic, by the way. But loved ones, the point is this, is us to never, ever forget 
that our theological testimony, confession of faith ought to be, God is able. Say that with me. God is able. And then personally for you to never ever forget that God's able to do more abundantly in your own life. You, you want to know what kind of power I'm talking about? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, here's the comparison. Verse 19, Ephesians 1. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, Paul writes? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. You want to know the kind of power that God has at work in your life and my life? It's the same kind of power. It's that power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. You want to know if our God is able, all you got to do is get on an airplane with me or a ship. Go with me over to the Middle East. Go with me onto the outskirts of Jerusalem and you go visit the empty tomb. You want to see the kind of God we're talking about who is able? Oh, we're talking about Jesus Christ being resurrected from the dead and it's changed the world. The key for every single church is for us just to never ever get over it. Because God is able. He's able to do abundantly more. He's able to do abundantly more in our own lives. But now here's, here's the caveat. Look at what he says at the end of the verse. In, in verse 21, at the end of the chapter, to him, to him be glory. To him be glory, not your glory, not my glory, not our glory, but to him be glory, to God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, not just the older generation, but this generation and future generations forever and ever. Amen. God is able to do abundantly more. God is able to do abundantly more in our lives and God is able to do abundantly more in our lives for his glory. That's the key. Don't forget it's for his glory. I love this illustration about what, what the famous composer, Johann Sebastian Bach, what Bach would do on the top of every composition, he would write the letters, Bach would write the letters JJ at the beginning of every composition he wrote. That stood for Jesus Yuva, Jesus help me. Jesus help me. That's not a bad prayer, is it? Jesus help me. And then he would end every composition with these three letters, S-D-G, soli dea gratia, to God alone the praise. Not a bad way to end your day. You see, the bottom line is this, loved ones. Today, today I, I want you to just be reminded of that very profound yet pretty blunt theological concept that God is what, church? God is able God is able. And then apply it personally. He's able to work abundantly, more abundantly. He's able to do it in your life, in my life. But it's for his glory. So, so I just want to invite you to do, to do something. Just, just bow your heads with me in prayer right now, all right? That's enough sermon for the day. Just bow your heads with me in prayer. Pastor's gonna come here in just a few moments. We're gonna, we're gonna have a time to just kind of pray through this. I just wanna lead us in a moment of prayer. Now, you may be here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about if you're religious. I'm not talking about you, I don't need your resume. I don't even know where you've been to church. I don't even know about all. I'm just asking, have you ever surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You may even kind of be wondering, well, what, what do you even mean by that? We've got folks here who would love to talk with you. They want to make sure you understand what it means to have a relationship with the living God, not just be religious. 
You may say, well, Brian, I'm so far away from God. If you knew my background, if you, knew what I, if, if, if you only knew what I've done, remember, God is able. The disciples, they, they didn't know how, the, if, if the rich young ruler can't get saved, who can get saved? And remember what Jesus, Jesus said, it said, what's impossible for y'all is possible for God. The question is this, friend, would you just, would you just, would you just yield your life? Would you just repent of trying to be the God of your own life, trying to do it on your own? Confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Put your faith and trust in him. Now, for the believers in the room, for the worshipers of God in the room, here's the thing. Maybe for many of us, we just need to be reminded today to make that theological truth well, for us to just remember that in our lives. God, you are able. Because maybe we have stopped praying for revival. Maybe, 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 we're, maybe, we're, maybe we're suffering with something or because of something. Maybe we're not even in the mood to even read your word or pray anymore, God. And maybe we've just given up praying that so-and-so would get saved. Oh, God, help us. Oh, Jesus, help me. To God alone be the glory. Jesus, I pray you'll work powerfully in this congregation. May we never, ever lose sight of those three words that God is able. Would you say it again? Would you say it again with me? God is able. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. We encourage you to come and join us right here on our campus. We're located right next to the county fairgrounds here in Harrisonburg, Virginia. If you have any questions about the church, any question about the message, feel free to email us or call us and let us know. And we look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you.